welcome to episode 22 of Material Podcast, a show about the Google and Android universe, hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by iStat Menus and Scala Preview, two amazing products from Django. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Evian, and joining me, my co-hosts, Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hello, friends. Hello, hello. Oh, I'm touched. I didn't, I didn't want to assume that you include me as, as a friend. I Oh, was I not meant to respond to that? I think, yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know whether you're trying to signal me or signal Russell. You know, I didn't want it to be awkward. I didn't want it, again. I didn't want to presume. Sorry, I was. Uh, I was talking to my little Android uh, figurines here. Um, sorry if you got a confused. yellow mango Android on my screen. So he's he's your friend. Does that make us acquaintances, he's, co-hosts? He's a friend. No, no, you're you're all my friends. You're <laughs> Some of all you my are friends. just more my friends than others. <laughs> we see. You know what? I, I, I see you at least once a week, and that's uh, more than I can say for some of my friends. So I think um, I think that makes us pretty good friends. Well, the question is coming up. Like the, that's the big test. Uh, do we get the uh, sort of like Facebook wave for the holidays? Do we get a printed card, or do we get the box of fruit? Or do you get the Facebook poke? I'm just imagining the robot chickens from episode zero that Yasmin told us all about, dressed in you know Christmassy type hats, and they're they're all in a card, like about to explode or laser people or, or something. If that's not your Christmas card this year, Yasmin, I don't know what is. The koalas are, you know, grabbing the chickens and throwing them at people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I sent you my, uh, you know, my holiday card over Google Plus. Hopefully, you got it. Oh, oh awkward. <laughs> you, it'll be a, a day, a year late. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I did not get that, but I did get a special present from um, Google to the people of Australia. So I mentioned two episodes ago that we had problems with the 6P. You know, they gave us a special 6P with these bands that, um, you know, that. that they're, they're for us. They're not for America because you don't have these bands that we do. And it didn't work on one of our networks. So um, here on Telstra, you know, there was an issue. It would try and switch to 4G and it's like, meh, can't do that. And, you know, all these forums lit up. You know, Australians get pretty crazy if you ever break their stuff. I don't know if you've noticed, but they start drinking and they start yelling and things go wrong. Start. Start. Okay. Well, yeah, okay, finish. Continue. <laughs> Drink a little bit earlier <laughs> than normal. Different kind of drinking and yelling. <laughs> Indeed, it's a bit more hostile. But anyway, yesterday I turned on my phone and there's a fix from Google uh, for 4G issues and it works. So, yay. yay! And that's Thank a pretty quick you, Google, pretty quick turnaround. You know, for all the um, the flack Android gets with you know updates take forever and whatever else, it's nice to know that if you bought a Nexus, things can be turned around pretty quickly. Yeah, we've also been seeing those regular security monthly security updates that they've been promising. So good to see that they've learned from their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've had some issues uh, with Project Fi, and I've been talking to them on support, and they were pretty eager to get my uh, bug reports and trying to figure that all out for me. So uh, I think they're trying. I, I think they're really trying to say like, hey, you know, if you choose us, we're gonna we're gonna help you out and be there for you. The unfortunate part is that you still have bugs. So. I still haven't got through to um, Owen Wilson or Vince Vaughn yet. I'm just waiting for, for their email <laughs> signature on the bottom of one of my emails. And so listeners uh, want to know if uh, we are still using Apple Music. Um, I I use Apple Music until my playlist uh, start, stops playing music and then I get frustrated with it and then switch over to Google Music. But um, if I didn't have the trial-free version of Apple Music, I would not be using Apple Music right now. <laughs> That's probably the only reason. What about uh, you, Russell? Are you still using Apple Music? Uh, no. So I, I had the three, uh, the free trial when it came into iOS. I got all excited. I don't want to keep bringing Telstra into this because I'm not a huge fan of them, but they have this <laughs> 12 months free. Um, and it turns out if, if it's you're on any postpaid plan, you can just go and turn it on. 
unless you're on a business plan. So like not not for me. Uh, But I I had the same thing. So the thing I love about Google Play Music is I go in there and I'll either pick a song and say start radio or I'll pick one of their predefined playlists. You know how they have like songs for rocking out or songs (laughs) for the drive. I I don't know how they're guessing that stuff but... I press it and sometimes there's really good things in there. And the thing I like about it is it doesn't end. So you hit play and you can literally go through like an entire work day and it'll just keep picking music. And if there's something you don't like, you're just like next, you know, next. And yeah, I find I hear some good things. I tried the same thing with Apple Music and I I don't find it as good. I don't know if that's because I haven't spent enough time in there, but I'm not really willing to, to pay to find out. I think that's my thing. Yeah, and the problem is like the music isn't terrible. Like the selections are actually pretty great. And so I'm I'll be in a work day and I'll be listening to like from the Mac app and uh li- you know, finding the music and then I'm in the middle of like coding or something and then my music just stops and it doesn't continue playing. And that's like the most frustrating moment cuz now my concentration is lost on what I was doing and my concentration now goes to trying to find another playlist. Oh, so, so when where, you say stop, you mean it got to the end, it didn't sort of yeah, break. Yeah. No, it just yeah. it didn't break. Um it got to the end of the playlist. And sometimes there's been occasions where I try to go click on another play- playlist and it's like, "Hey, sign into uh iTunes." And I'm like, "What I what do you mean? I never signed out. Why are you asking me to sign in?" So it's, <laughs> it hasn't been a super pleasant process. Um, what I do love about Google Music is that um, little uh, I'm feeling lucky button, the little dice that rolls, and it just continues playing different types of music depending on what I'm in the mood for. So if I play something, I'm like, you know what, I want something a little bit more upbeat. Uh, this isn't what I'm feeling. I click the little uh, I'm feeling lucky button and a new playlist starts. And so it's just like never ending. And I, for me, that's that's really what it is for music. I don't want to go seek it out. I just want you the music service to play music that I like and easy for me to continue listening to. I don't want to think. Don't yeah. make me think. <laughs> what about you, Andy? Surely someone here is using Apple Music. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm paying for it because I probably still got to write about it on an ongoing basis. Um, but yeah, otherwise I wouldn't. It's oddly enough, it's the fact that I use so many iOS devices is why I don't feel as though it's safe for me to use it. Um, I'm using the uh, the uh, the Amazon Music app, the Amazon MP3 app, because it's Damn, it's it's like the simplest idea. There's a there's an A B toggle switch in the app, and <laughs> on one side the switch is labeled in the cloud. On the other side is labeled on your device, and so you just simply it's you flip the switch and you're only looking at stuff that's on your device. You flip the switch and now you're only looking at stuff that's available on the cloud. There is no simpler way to make sure that. Uh, I will have music on the device that I plan to have on that device by the time the cabin doors close on the plane and I'm now in airplane mode on the device. Uh, And uh, Apple Music has done so much to screw up my understanding of what's actually locally stored and synced off of my uh, my home library that I just don't want to mess with it anymore. And the curated lists are nice. The radio stations are nice. But they're not so much nicer than Google Music or uh, or Spotify that I would emphatically want to use that uh, Apple Music instead of anything else. So they got they definitely got a lot of work to to do. E- even inside the Apple uh, blogosphere, even even inside like these really super super uh, I wouldn't call them fans, but there there's some writers uh, like Jim Dalrymple at uh, uh, at the Loop 
really good writer, really smart, uh, really it's on top of news. Uh, and uh, his thinking is often like right in sync with uh, in with what Apple's doing. But uh, even he like was just, I, I'm not using Apple Music anymore. I'm not trusting Apple Music anymore. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, this. it's not a, it was not a good moment for Apple by any means. <laughs> but if you still want to use Apple Music, the Android app isn't terrible, so you can still do that. But uh, I guess what we're trying to say is there's other services out there, and I think they're better. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, that's the one thing I will say. They, they did a good job of their Android app. That's not something I thought I'd say about you know Apple in 2015, but, but there you go. Yeah. yeah. Just in just in general, I'm just I just don't like the idea of uh, of using any solutions that aren't multi-platform. I just have a difficulty uh uh what what if I want to introduce this other device into my life or ju- what if I'm on this other uh, other user's uh, computer for for a little while? Uh, I, I just I I've been trying to eradicate these Apple only solutions. We're getting a little bit off topic because we're supposed to be talking about Google. I know, no. but I, I identified like I switched from uh, Apple Notes to Evernote a few years ago. And just now, I finally have switched from using. Uh, Apple has a utility called Keychain for secure storing of automatically collecting passwords, automatically generating passwords, being able to to create and store secure notes. And I'm finally switching, trying to switch everything over to one password again because I've just no. It was it, it's not as though it was causing a problem for me, but I'm setting up a brand new computer, and I was about to ca- copy over the same keychain file that I've been using on the past three or four computers. Then I realized that oh, okay, this is a good opportunity for me to finally make the switch to something that's agnostic. I think that the more you invest in tools that are available wherever you want to use them, the better. Nice that that that, that they have an Android app available. Yes. But yes. who knows? <laughs> All right, I have to tell one more story as part of the feedback. Uh, so I I don't, don't know if you listeners remember, last week Andy had two iPad Pros. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, had he panned his camera that there wasn't another six or seven, you know, in the background, <laughs> maybe tiling his walls or, you know, being used as doormats <laughs> or something like that. And I, I'm thinking to myself, like, it, it must be nice. Like Andy is the 1%, if not the 0.5%. And then, <laughs> then I'm, in a, I'm in a Slack chat room with Yasmin and um, she's asking about cars, you know, what, what kind of car uh. do you drive and, and what do you have? And I'm like, you know, I have a Golf. It's a, it's a bit old, but it, it's cool. You know, there was that scandal and blah, blah, blah. And I kid you not, it felt like two hours later, Yasmin gets back <laughs> on chat and she's like, I have a new car. It has Android Auto. It's a brand new Golf. And I'm like... What what kind of co-host do I have? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> is there some secret like real AFM money that that I'm not getting, or what? That you're not getting? Oh, we haven't told you about that. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's um... just it's just like you, you're you're in you're you're in mobile app development, uh, and we're and I'm in the lucrative field of print journalism. <laughs> Comparatively and speaking, means in the lucrative field of nonprofit world. So exactly, you followed your passion instead of chasing the money, like Yasmin and me. So I have to know, Yasmin, t- tell us about this car that you bought within three seconds or whatever it was. It was not three seconds. No, no, we um, just like Andy, we had a car that was uh, over a decade old, and it was like the car we had to trade in when we found out we were pregnant with our daughter and had to trade in our our sports car, and so. It just, it finally broke and I needed a car to commute to work. And um, so so we're looking at options. And of course, being the Android uh, fan that I am, I wanted an Android auto car. But you know what? 
I wanted to be wise and responsible and I didn't want to get a car that would put our, you know, family's budget in jeopardy just because I wanted an Android auto car, but I found one. And so that's awesome. But I will say that <laughs> finding a car with Android auto was pretty frustrating because <laughs> there is like no list of cars that say, hi, we have the Android auto. Like there is, there's nothing that, you know, has that information. So when me and my husband decided, hey, we really need to invest in a new car, like, Get a, get a saved car for our family to drive in. I went to the Android Auto site and I was hoping to find like, hey, a list of manufacturers and maybe the cars that they would have. So I can look at all my options and see, hey, look, that's a pretty good, decent car. And I think we could, that's in our budget. We can afford that. But I wasn't able to find that. And all the Android Auto page took you to was like the manufacturer's homepage, which was absolutely useless <laughs> because some of the manufacturers listed on there, I think are partners, but they haven't actually delivered a car that has Android Auto in it. Anyways, it was a pain. It was frustrating. Um, I did a Google search. The best one I found was like this Wikipedia page that has a list of Android auto cars, but even that one is broken. You know, we finally did found one and it is awesome. I'm really enjoying Android auto. There are some bugs when I connect my phone. Sometimes it doesn't launch into the Android auto app, which is pretty frustrating. <laughs> um, but I've been in contact with the Android auto team and they're working on getting those bugs fixed. So I know that they're really looking into improve that experience. Um, but let me talk about, let me tell you like the actual dashboard unit and what that is inside the car. Um, so the Android Auto app has the has a navigation, so it uses Google Maps. So you can see it's, so it works kind of like a GPS unit, but it's all running off your phone. So it's kind of mirroring your phone. It's not really mirroring, but it's running off your phone. It's not actually running uh, in the dashboard, but the UI is built for the, the Android Auto like dashboard. So it's not like just like mirroring your screen. Um, so that's been really fun. I've been able to use that to navigate and it's great because it tells you like, Hey, it's the, the same Google now, uh, features that tell you, Hey, there's an accident coming up. You might want to go into the other freeway. Um, the other cool things it has, you know, talk and, and it texts, it reads out loud your texts that come in and it has wonderful Google play music, pocket Cast, and NPR as some of the apps on there that support audio, uh, which is really neat. Cause if you think, I think like, what are the apps that I would want on my car commute would be Google play music, a way to listen to music NPR, got the news and I got pocket Cast, So I can listen to my favorite <laughs> podcasts on the way in. So we, we got a kick, me and my husband got a kick out of this because we were trying out Android Auto and we said, we activated the, you know, the Android when it was listening to Google and we said, play Material Podcasts. And it started playing with the like last episode of Material Podcast from Pocket Cast. It was so fun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and I, it's, it's been really neat to play with it. Um, I have like one awesome magical moment and if the android auto team is listening like this made my day and you you guys are going to be excited and feel free to use this in a commercial i felt like i was living in a google commercial i picked up my daughter from school and we were driving home and she tells me hey mom you know that superheroes have real names and i was like oh yeah you know they have their secret identities and so she was asking me like you know what's batman's uh, real name and i was like bruce wayne and so we're talking and she goes what's wonder woman's real name and i go you know what I don't know the answer to that. And then I like was just driving and I thought, I have <laughs> Android Auto the music in my car. The music starts to play, the light yes. shines down. <laughs> and I, and like my, I think my face like lights up, lights up at that moment. I'm like, oh, I wonder if it will work. And so I trigger it and I ask Android Auto, what was Wonder, what is Wonder Woman's real name? And it told me her name 
And the best part, it gave me context of when her identity was revealed. Like, this is a magical <laughs> moment. Uh, and so me and my daughter were able to know Wonder Woman's real name and when her identity was revealed. It was it was pretty epic. I was, <laughs> I was really enjoying it. I'm that. glad you didn't throw it in there, by the way, because that would have been a spoiler for, for people who haven't read the comics yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, it, did they explain that uh, her human name, her, her, her name is actually, uh, for the prop purposes of American identity papers, that she's actually a princess and I... <laughs> 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 Although I haven't, I, haven't, no, I haven't read the series in a while. I don't know what they've changed so far. <laughs> yeah, canon is canon until it's not canon. But uh, it was fun. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's it's cool. So, hey, you know, I, I bought Android Auto and I got a free car out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Came with a free car. It's amazing. I, yeah. I just get a kick out of um, the thought of you sitting in the car with your family saying, play material podcast, and then having them listen to your voice as you drive. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving! You get to listen to me talk to you. Sort of a Skinner box, sort of of like the equivalent of like a wire mom in a psychological experiment. (laughs) Yeah, which mom do you touch to? The real mom or the mom coming out over the speakers right next to your head? I I think Material Podcast Mom is a lot cooler. (laughs) Would you you like to, like, just in case? I mean, you're going to be really busy this week, you know, with all the Thanksgiving holidays sort of. Would you like to cut like two of our topics and we'll just talk about you know how, how? uh, let's let's talk about boy you know it's kind of hard to get along with other kids in school and they'll pick <laughs> on you and but you're just as pretty and just as awesome as anybody else there you just have to realize that you can do whatever you set your mind to in this world <laughs> it just takes it takes some of the lo- the load off of yourself so that you can you know, so, feel, I, can, and, yeah, and also, so I can take take a break. What conversations I should have with my family in the car? Also, so, you know, so, here. I you know, I listen I listen to podcasts a lot just as a listener, and sometimes I would like a mom to tell me that I'm that I'm pretty, and that you know that the mean the mean kids don't mean what they, they only say what they want to say because they are scared too. And Andy, you are wonderful and brave and courageous. Sorry, I had to go fishing and for that. Incredibly smart. <laughs> <laughs> So are you using are, are you using it like a tool? Are you using Android Auto, Android Auto like a tool? Are you still in the uh, uh, are you still in the, the the exploration phase? It's uh, I think it's still in the exploration phase, but also it's when it when it when it launch, launches on my actual phone when it actually works, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I get to use it a tool. No, um, I'm still trying to. I I mean it's pretty easy to figure out once you got it. Like I. You know, I my husband had plugged in his phone, so I was well. We were driving, so I was testing it, and I was like, "Ooh, I want to know how text messages come in because that's probably one of the most important things." And so, um, an interesting thing that I didn't know was that it doesn't actually display your text message on the screen, so you're not distracted to read it. It just pops up with like a little notification from the top, and it tells and it has the the little picture avatar of who sent the message, and it says like new message from. Yasmin, would you like to listen to it? And you click on the little, uh, you know, I the little volume button, and it'll play your, it'll read out your text message. So that's actually really cool because you're not distracted to actually like be staring at the screen. You're not supposed to be staring at the screen. This is supposed to be a screen that's going to help you, you know, concentrate on the road, but help you read your text message and stuff. So the only uh, 
draw or not it's probably actually actually not a drawback and i understand why they did this is that you can't swipe away um notifications so there's like this screen that i would call it the google now screen where it has like your weather and maybe uh, if you have a new message it it displays it on there so you can tap it and listen to it and then it also has like if you're using navigation it'll tell you like your next turn um well you can't swipe away the weather widget or anything like the sorry the weather card it just is always displayed on there and I guess they did that because they don't want you swiping away cards while you're driving. You really shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not just that. There's a whole, but we, um, we worked with the Android team like back, I forget when that was, 2014 or whatever. And there's a whole bunch of regulations around it as well. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's, I think in the US, you're not allowed to tap more than five times in a row. That's like one of the oh. rules. So you'll notice Didn't if I? you go to an app and then go to a playlist and go to, you can only scroll down a certain amount of times. And then it's like, well, you, you've probably tapped enough. And that's, that's all to do with, I guess, safety. Like while humans are still driving cars and you need that sort of framework around it. But yeah, I, I find it funny. Um, I should put a picture in the show notes, but I'm glad that you have the actual car because what we have here in the office is a head u- unit that we've geared up to like all these switches. So we're like, break on, break off, like move car. <laughs> and so we feel like we're driving this uh, this fake car that, you know, I don't, I don't have Android Auto in my car, but I, I do have all the wires and things. So I like to pretend that, you know, brum, 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 brum. So what you need to do is just like not install the actual dashboard unit, just set it on top of your dashboard, Russell, and then you can have both. <laughs> I have a pretend car, Yasmin. That's all I need. <laughs> it's really neat. I'm really, really excited to see um, what comes out of it. I played with CarPlay, uh, Apple's version at CES. Uh, was it this year? Yeah, this year. And it was. It didn't even compare to what Android was doing. Um, you know, Android is really focused on context of what you're doing. And Apple, it just seems like, hey, here's a almost like a a mirror of your phone apps that you have and go click on them. Um, I wasn't impressed with that. So I I don't know what, what Apple's doing in that front. Like if they're just not wanting to pursue it or what's going on or if they're just waiting to unveil something amazing. Um, but I, I'm really impressed with what Android's doing um, and I look forward to to the updates. Yeah, that's, that's that was my impression as well. I've got more, uh, more hands-on experience with uh, uh, with Apple stuff than with Google's. But uh, it it really does translate into the same difference between Siri and Google now, where Siri is very much set up for uh, is very much set up for uh, the user has to initiate everything, uh, and it will parse what you want and give you the answers that you want. Whereas Google now is set up to try to anticipate what you want and give it to, give it to you that way. Um, do do you find that? Uh, but I I'm can't wait to get. Uh, uh, well, I'll probably I'll probably have to like buy a new car because my my car does not even have the right sized hole in the dash in which to put <laughs> a, a a media a media device. Uh, it's got a cassette deck, but that's about it. Uh, do, does it do? Does Google now really uh, work the way that I would hope it would? So you don't even have to really initiate anything whenever it thinks that it's got some information or something you're going to need to know. It just simply chirps up on its own. Yeah. So um, I was uh, I was on the phone with my mom and I was also using the navigation. And so I wasn't on like the, the Google map screen of it. I was actually on the phone screen and it popped up a little notification from the top that showed me, it didn't read it out loud, but it showed me what my next turn was. So it really, I think anticipates a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I, 
I'm really, really impressed with what they've done. I think they, they've done their research and I think they've done a lot of testing with how they the user would interact with that. And so I would say I'm really impressed. And I'm still in the process of, uh, I mean, I, I just got it over the weekend and it's been like maybe two or three <laughs> days. Um, so I'm still in the process of kind of figuring all the little things of like, oh, what does it do when I'm doing this? You know, th- those are always the fun moments. Um, and I, so I'm still in the process of figuring all that all out. Um, but so far, what I've seen and experienced, I'm very impressed. So basically, what you're saying is that you're responsible for punching at least a small hole in the ozone that was not there before because you're excited about driving just so you can test out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any kids, so it's uh, no skin off my nose, literally. <laughs> I would be lying if I said no. I, <laughs> my husband and I are so excited about this car that like, we're like, let's let's go driving. You want to go drive? Where do you want to drive? Somewhere. <laughs> so we have the like a new car of fan right now. We're just like so excited. And um, yeah, my... My daughter is probably like the biggest Google fan, even more so than I am, I guess, because she she has me as a mother. So she sees all that. So she is pretty excited that Google's in our car with us. Like uh, my husband and her were driving and I sent my husband a text and they responded back to me via Android Auto. And like as soon as she came home, she was like, Mama, Mama, did you get the text? We told Google to text you. And so it was it was fun. Uh, I I it's just kind of an exciting um, it's just exciting for me. Like it, it seems like Google is such something that's being rolled into our family in terms of how we're interacting with it. Like I'm always communicating with Google and asking Google, like Google is a part of our family in a sense. Um, and I think the Android auto brings that experience a little bit more to life. Nice. I, I, I got to say, Yasmin, that there is something else I've been super excited about as well. I don't know if you can guess what it is. It's iStat menus from Bajango. Oh, you got it before I did. <laughs> well, I suppose you can you can talk about that if you want to. You you were you you did get there first, and you did have the ad copy in front of you. So I suppose. You know the only thing I wish Android Auto had. iStat menus. <laughs> I need to know how hot my car is. At any exactly. Moment. I wish I I wish I had iStat menus in my car so I can know my you know my CPU my GPU my memory my network and I want to know what my net yeah I want to know what my network connection is at how fast it is this would all be wonderful information but I'm not sure it would be so safe in the car. How big an uh, idiot is that guy who just cut me off? Hey, now I have numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, yes, yes, man, we have to pay for this car some somehow. So tell us all about uh, iStat menus. <laughs> We want to thank iStat Menus for paying for Android Auto. This episode of Material is brought to you by iStat Menus by Bajango. iStat Menus is the best way to keep an eye on your Mac's vital statistics right from your menu bar. It covers everything from CPU stats, GPU, memory, network, battery, fan speeds, temperatures, anything that you want to know about your Mac, you name it, it is available and you can track that right from your menu bar. And can I say that it is one of the most elegant apps that is on on my Mac uh, it is designed by the wonderful Mark Edwards, which was the creator of our intro music for Material. iStat Menus includes many El Capitan and Yosemite-specific features, like showing apps using significant energy, support for compressed memory, support for memory pressure. If you want to know what's hogging up all your memory, you can quickly find out from the menu bar. And yes, look who's there, Chrome. I have my eye on you, Chrome. You're using too much memory. One of my favorite features is that it has this beautiful time zone 
uh, widget in the, that you can go from the menu bar. So this is a great way to stay up to date on what time it is around the world. As you know that Andy is in Boston and Russell is in Australia and I'm in Arizona. And so we have three different time zones that we need to uh, coordinate in order for us to record this, this episode and the show. And iStat Menus helps us all stay on track, and it's so elegant and beautiful, and we know what time it is in the middle of the day. This helps me know if I send Russell a message, is it 3 a.m. his time or 3 p.m. his time? Am I going to be waking him up or not? I, we love iStat Menus, and we couldn't do the show without them. There's a free 14-day trial to try it out to see if it's for you. And if you decide to purchase iStat Menus, which I assure you, you will, you go to bajingo.com forward slash material to get 15% off. Yes, you heard it right here. Mark and the whole Bajingo team is being extra nice to us and our listeners that if you go to bajingo.com forward slash material, you get 15% off. We want to thank everyone at Bajingo and Nicestat Menus for sponsoring this episode of Material. I think the, the one thing it maybe doesn't do, though, I got a link from a friend during the week and it was OMG, OMG, OMG. And there was a lot of exclamation marks, a good 12 or 13, just too many to count. And there was a link to google.com slash Star Wars. And I have to know right here and now, this is a defining moment in our new friendship. I just found out we're friends at the start of this show. So did you choose? I'm still excited about that, by the way. I've been giddy ever since the start of this show. I can tell. There's a smile just plastered on Andy's face. I'm like, did he get plastic surgery? Or is he just unusually happy today? So I have to know, though, if we're going to stay friends, did you choose the light side or did you choose the dark side? I've okay. I'm excited about the Star Wars uh, Easter eggs and on on Google. I I'm, I'm right. The 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 movie is going to be released in just like less than three weeks, and now I'm starting my like my my media blackout on all things Star Wars. I don't want to. All all I need to happen is for this Easter egg to include. If if I, I would I wouldn't choose. I, I would choose the Rebels. By the way, I would choose the Rebel Alliance. But I've not visited this site directly because all I need is one innocuous photo to appear so oh and we th- we thought you'd like to see this picture of uh of jar jar binks in the flight deck of the millennium falcon with han solo and chewbacca like, i don't want i don't want to know that <laughs> not, not, not that, that that would be a bad thing i just mean that i want everything in this movie to be a delightful surprise and a week a week before the movie no joke i'm probably gonna have to just disappear from twitter entirely for like four days before and until i see the movie myself so i fully endorse uh fully fully endorse uh uh google.com uh, backslash star wars uh i would choose the rebels i will i, I I've, I've actually dragged that into this whole folder in chrome i've got a whole fo- i'm not joking i got this whole folder Things called Andy star can do wars after december 17th. exactly it's, it's it's right in my bookmark bar with all these articles and things that oh my god that sounds great okay I can't read the behind-the-scenes story <laughs> about how they built all the new Stormtrooper armor until after I see the movie. So. Oh. <laughs> well, if you can see what it what is on my Android watch oh. right now. Yes, we oh. have a Sith. I knew it. I knew it. Deep down, I always knew it. I, you know, I changed back. I, I chose the dark side at first. Um, I, but you want to know what the reason why I chose the dark side? I really like dark UIs. <laughs> and so I was wondering if I chose the dark side, is, it, is my Gmail going to be like this really nice, like black and red um, Gmail UI? And so 
I, I, that's the only reason why I did that. And it's on my watch now. And I need, I guess I need to change it back. I am on the light side now. Um, <laughs> but yes, I chose the dark side at first. And again, the only reason was because I love dark UIs. <laughs> that's no, that, that's good. Cause I'm glad that you changed to the, to the correct side because, you know, Kim, Kim Jong-un really cool haircut. That's no reason to support what's going on there in North Korea. Absolutely. Good, good, good and, cake are here as well, which I've often been known to switch sides for, but, uh. Yeah, but not not this time. Not uh, this my time. favorite little little thing, since you haven't been able to see it, um, Andy, is when you join a side, and then if you it has like your list of apps that you can choose, and if you click on the little Gmail one, like when it's loading, it has a lightsaber that's uh, the loading bar. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's super super fun. Um, what a what a fun thing for them to do to get you all excited about uh, Star Wars, and so. Yeah, a lot of their apps are, you know, themed with Star Wars themes. So depending if you chose the light side or the dark side, your apps are going to look different depending on that. So I've, I've selected, I've, I'm, as, as you're talking, I have selected the light side. There's, <gasps> there's, 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 there. my, there's my <laughs> avatar and I can actually move it to the left side of the screen and okay. So every day I've driven in this week, um, it's been an X-Wing as my car. and. Yay! <laughs> Some kind of Star Wars thing I'm not familiar with. I'm super ashamed. Some other spaceship is my home. Uh, I really don't know what it is, and I wish I did. Should we really like drive all the nerds nuts and say I think it was uh, Voyager or Enterprise? I think Captain nah. Picard was piloting <laughs> it. I'm not, I'm not sure. It could be. <laughs> We're teasing. Please don't send us hate mail. <laughs> we realize that's from Star Trek. <laughs> I, just, I, I love that Google would do something like this, though. It's like there, there are all kinds of UI reasons why you would never, ever do that. Just, just the simple idea that if there's something you rely on every single day, particularly <laughs> something like a navigation app, if you disrupt that, that can cause problems starting with inconveniences and ramp up with someone is staring at that screen one second too long because they don't recognize the familiar uh, place place marker <laughs> and now that they're now they're heading into a into a phone pole and they're going to be very late for work but i i love the idea that they just did it anyway i'd, I'd like to my, i'm burying that cynical part of my brain that asks so did disney give them a bunch of money to have them do this or was it or was it just simply this was a great idea and of course they they, they sold them the licensing for about one dollar just to make it legal and because if this is if this is a big ad I'm not saying I will not click through this in, this ad in its entirety. I'm not saying that this. I'm just saying that I would like to know. It's like it's like when you it's like when you find out that like all the controversies on Cake Boss were actually manufactured by the producers of the reality show. Wait, what? Oh, spoilers! <laughs> Spoiler alert, Andy. I'd love you to thought know they just well. happened to have an easy bake oven in the back room, and that's how they're going to settle their, their dispute spontaneously. <laughs> So if, if anyone out there is listening and knows, you know, our email address is, is on the website. You can send us an anonymous tip. We'll, uh, we'll keep your name private. Just, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the fun little tool that they, they even created, like a Star Wars app. And I don't know if Google created it or, or someone else did. But yeah, like I was showing them is that it changes your Android Wear watch face to whatever <laughs> side you're supporting. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I'm having fun with it. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, if anyone knows how to market, it's it's Disney. If if there was ever any um any doubt about what uh, Lucas handing over the rights to uh, Star Wars uh, to Disney meant, this is it. This is the Disney uh, marketing machine in full swing. <laughs> but spe okay, speaking of like light side versus dark side, there's always been like Star Wars 
and Star Trek. I'm not saying one is one. Maybe this is more of a yin and yang sort of thing. They're not opposing forces. They're just two different things that the the, the, the positive space and negative space of each other have helped to define each other. Uh, and it turns out that Star Trek is like at least defining a lot of what Google is doing. There's a uh, a uh, really good uh, interview, uh, really good article in uh, on Time dot com uh, called, <laughs> cleverly enough, Google Now, and it's all about how Google is going to be pre- proceeding its, its its grand plan into the future. Uh, and there are a lot of really cool takeaways from it, like the larger ones being that uh, they realize that if fewer people are using uh, web based search. There are fewer people that are going to be more mobile apps than stuff on the web. There are fewer opportunities for Google to slap ads on things. And therefore, potentially, if that's the thing they're making all their money on, they won't have money to fund things like really cool Star Wars stunts uh, on Google search. Uh, And so they're trying to move more towards uh, making Google now even more proactive uh, so that it will, uh, you'll have an ongoing conversation with your devices. It won't be just a shortcut while you're driving or while you're jogging. It will be your interface. The ni- the really nice thing that I thought f- uh, from it uh, was uh, how uh, they were the, the I think the money quote of the entire thing was, whereas today Google search is uh, okay, Google, okay, Google, how many calories are in a chocolate cupcake? The future uh, version of Google search will be. Okay, Google, help me to lose weight, and it will know that if you, this is one of your ongoing goals, it will keep Google now will keep proactively finding opportunities to help you in goals that you've set. But bring it, but bring it back to Star Trek. The the, the most the, there's this, this adorable bit. Uh, so they talked to Amit Singhal, who is a very familiar name to f- fans of Google. Uh, his technical title is he's a senior vice president and a Google fellow, uh, but he's one of those early hires that took the original Google search algorithm and absolutely turbocharged it in the early days. He's, he's, he's known frequently as the father of search because the reason why Google became Google is largely because of the work he did improving Google search. And he is such a Trekkie. Uh, as, as, an, as an illustration of where they think, where they want uh, the direction of Google Search to go, he actually actually wanted one of those Star Trek: The Next Generation communicator badges. So they actually built some of these. Where he, <laughs> yes! he's, and, he, and, there's a, and there's a picture in this article of him smiling like anybody who just got a working Star Trek prop <laughs> for freeze around the office would be smiling. And it's this badge, like where this where the communicator badge would be, not much larger than a Star Trek communicator badge, and the it works you you literally you tap it you it's, it works as a conduit for google now you ask it questions and there's a speaker in there and it responds to you with the information that you wanted and it's described it's a little bit oblique I, I've, as soon as i read that i wanted to follow up with uh, uh, contacts inside google to find out if this is something that they're kind of working on with an eye towards making it a real thing that people can get or whether it was just something they built because they have these resources and in the, I, I suppose when they allocated the budget and the manpower, the, the human resources to build this, they said, well, I, I believe that having a wearable of this type will help us to understand the, comp- the subtle interaction when we remove the visual aspect of the Android experience completely. And he didn't say, I just really wanted to start Trick Communicator. <laughs> <laughs> I've been it's, here it's, a long time. I, I, I've worked I would my buy, way up. I would buy one. There, uh, the Motorola had the, has the Moto Hint uh, that they released uh, uh, earlier this year, which was uh, a earpiece that uh, I'm sorry, last year, uh, an earpiece that is just completely invisible inside your head, uh, and you can use it for uh, Motorola's version of Google Now and Google Now. Just 
tap it or just activate it, ask it questions, it will whisper answers in your ear. And oftentimes that's really all you want. You just want a proactive voice to tell you, oh, by the way, you've got this meeting in 22 minutes, or, oh, by the way, you're going to need an extra, you're going to need to leave the house a little bit earlier than you thought you were going to have to because of traffic or things as simple as what you're describing as mean, where I just need to, I just need to know a piece of trivia that's been driving me bonkers and I can't move on with my life until I clear that bit and find out if Thundra was ever officially a member of the Fantastic Four or not. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that, you know, Android and Google, they want to be everywhere where it's in your car, on your wrist, in your cell phone, on your on your TV, laptop or, you know, computer anywhere. So I I'm excited for what this means for the smart connected home, uh, especially with in conjunction with like, you know, the Nest product line and what they can do to make that. I would uh, not mind leaving, living in a Star Trek world. That would be that would be fun. And I yeah, I think even, you know, Android Auto, it's uh, it's a move towards that because I didn't have to like pull out my phone or I didn't have to like lift up my watch to ask Google a question. It's built into a product that I'm using and that it's it, like an everyday use of my life. It's not a product that I'm like seeking out. So uh, this is uh, this is really exciting. And I think it even, you know, points out to like what Google is in terms of search like Siri from the get go has always been kind of this fun, like funny personal assistant. Um, that tells you jokes. Google has added some Easter eggs in there, but for the most part, they really just want to be helpful and help you out with that. And, um, you know, my daughter, she's uh, not even five yet, but I asked her, like, what's the difference between Siri and Google? And she goes, <laughs> Siri just uh, makes you laugh and Google wants to help you. And like, I did not prompt that response at all. Like she yes, said that and I was just like- holding up these cards. This is what, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like say this. Okay, no, between, I... between, between this and the conversation about, about Wonder Woman, I'm just, I'm just saying that if like in her, if there's, if you see the same sort of face in the waiting room of the dentist's office where you take her and one of the other quote parents unquote at daycare, I would not be surprised if this is a Google employee saying, Hello, you're you're Yasmin's daughter, aren't you? Did you know that? <laughs> I, it's always occurred. To, <laughs> no, just be. Here's a big bag of candy. Here's the next adorable thing that Pro Google we want you to say in front of your mom. Ideally, less than twenty hours before she has another podcast. <laughs> if Google wants to hire me and my daughter to, uh, you know, do their marketing and play in their bits, I will happily accept that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we we are like a walking Google commercial. Like I can't make this stuff up, and it's like it's so exciting. As soon Actually, as I got the, you know what? I'm looking back at our past shows, and I'm thinking there's definitely a trend here, Yasmin. The time you were locked out with your Android Wear watch, like <laughs> my it, daughter was there. All, the, all these stories. There's like a common thread. Just like <laughs> are we just part of a big Google commercial? Can you? Uh, you need to let us know. You need to let us in on it. If I'm on some kind of reality TV show that's a Google commercial, I, I need to know now. <laughs> Uh, I I wish no I this is this is all natural. Google does not pay me to say this stuff. <laughs> it's uh yeah I I'm just like super excited for when my daughter is around my age and you know she's gonna grow up in this household where Google and Android was like so much a part of her life and I just can't imagine the stuff that she's gonna experience and I'm gonna be like whoa so you know when she's CEO of Google, <laughs> you know it'll. Uh, Maybe she'll hire her mom. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about all the times I showed you all the, the Google things. I, I will say this article does um, underscore something that I've always suspected. I, I always suspected that 
Google leaving personality out of their assistant was an intentional thing. Like it, it seemed very deliberate. Like it was always the cold responses, always just factual, always, you know, do you want me to add this? Do you want me to search this? Do you want me to that? And even as they've expanded on that, it seems very deliberate that they're leaving the personality out of it. And I thought there was an interesting, you know, quote in there from I think it was Singal, um, the the same person Andy was talking about. He he said, "I'm not saying personality shouldn't come, but the science to get that right doesn't fully exist." And I think that's an acknowledgement that artificial intelligence is not it's not sophisticated enough to craft its own jokes. It's not quite sophisticated enough to actually be your personal assistant, but it is um, sophisticated enough to start you know, organising bits of your life, which I, I guess is Google's, you know, goal is to organise information. And now they're organising, you know, your personal information uh, via an audio interface, which, which, yeah, I think is interesting. It is kind of complicated, though. If Siri's joking has a positive effect, it means that it, maybe it encourages you to use that service more. And the more you use it, the more you, ex- you, you, the more you expect to integrate it uh, into your life. I'm definitely having that sort of uh, that sort of thing with uh, my Amazon Echo, uh, and it all comes down to the fact that this is the one version of this sort of speech assistant where I don't have to activate anything. I don't have to be carrying anything. I don't have to touch any button, and I don't have to look at any sort of a screen. Uh, as I'm tying my shoes, preparing to go out this morning, I am just out of habit uh, saying, "Alexa, what's the weather like right now?" And uh, it's, and I continue to uh, I continue to uh, tie my shoes, and I hear what the weather is what the weather is like. As a matter of fact, Alexa in the next room is now telling me what the weather is like because <laughs> the microphone is just that good. Um, and whether it's setting a timer, whether it's uh, playing music, the fact that I don't even have to look at it means that it's the easiest way to get a certain answer. Even oftentimes when I'm here in the office and I just need to know what's the weight of a certain thing or something's been being some piece of data is being given to me in grams. I need to know how many ounces it is. It's actually quicker for me to just raise my voice a little bit and just keep on typing and just ask a question of Alexa. Even though I've got I could just you know command tab into a browser or even uh, access uh, access Siri on on my phones or anything anything like that. So. I think the biggest battle is just getting this voice so integrated into people's lives that it is almost instinctive to go to it. So I think it'd be nice if it were, if I don't know, if Google now had a name of some sort. Uh, but uh, uh, but you're right; it, it needs to be useful more than anything else. Yeah, I think there's another interesting question though. Is if you think about Google Search, you know, it's, it's the thing that kind of launched Google into prominence. Um, they figured out a really good way to monetize that. You know, you put ads down the side or you put a sponsored ad at the top. And it's it's a very direct thing. You know, you can say to a sponsor, hey, if you pay us X dollars, you appear here. Um, we'll track how many people click that. You'll get like a direct link. I do wonder, you know, I think it's a good idea to be at the center of people's lives. And if, if that moves to an audio interface, like Google should be there as well. But how do you monetize that? Like, does this personal assistant start giving you ads? Like, do they, hey, Yasmin, yeah. um, I'm about to tell you the name of Wonder Woman. But first, let me tell you about, uh, <laughs> you know, Scala Preview or something. <laughs> well, I as much as I would love to listen about Scala Preview, I don't know if I'd be using the service so much if I asked it a question and it fed me an ad <laughs> instead <laughs> of the answer. I And you can do that on a like visual interface where the ad can be kind of in the search results because you're skimming it, but it's actually not giving, that's not the final answer that it's giving you. So I don't know how they would be able to do that in an audio like format. Um, so that would be that would be interesting. 
Well, the the answer to that is to make it so subtle that you're not aware that you're being advertised at. If uh, all the stuff they're talking about in this article uh, comes to a logical conclusion, then I gave you the example before about uh, the Google Now command changing to I want to lose weight. Now it will be giving you stuff that will be legitimately helpful to you in very many ways but it will like i'm in the supermarket and because of uh, beacons and because it's got these those internal maps it knows i'm in the produce section and will say well do you know that they've do you know that the if you're last week you didn't have quite as much vitamin c and vitamin e as you should have gotten uh did you know that this piece of fruit that you're passing by is actually very very good and that sort of thing and it's very consistent with the sort of flavor profiles that you seem to like and not knowing that there was a co-marketing board that uh, it, it could it could have picked any of five different things, but it happened to pick the thing that uh, that uh, advertised by somebody who was looking for people just like me. That's the scary yeah. bit. It, it is scary. It also sounds like a bit of a minefield when you think about the kind of problems you know Google and Microsoft have had in places like the EU with you know search dominance and Microsoft with their dominance of their operating system. Is can you be upfront about the advertising? I don't I don't think you can just slipstream it in and and not say that you know this is here because you know, X, Y, and Z paid for this to be here. I think that starts to become a really, you know, interesting, you know, debate that people are going to have. Right, because then I then you don't trust the service anymore because then all you think is like all, all Google is doing is serving me an ad that someone paid to be here versus the actual information that is truth. Yeah, and, and to be so, clear, we're not we're not actually saying that Google is is going down this way. I have no yeah, idea what yeah. what their plans are. I'm just I, saying I it, doubt it. Yeah, it becomes a lot trickier because, like you were saying, Yasmin, visually it's easy not to clutter an interface and still include advertising. I think it's harder in the audio world. Maybe maybe you do have to do more of that integrated thing that Andy's talking about. Yeah. Well, if we I think we all owe a debt of gratitude to Time.com for giving us this wonderful preview of what we can we can expect to see from Google in the upcoming future. You know, as a as a fledgling app developer, I only wish that there was a way that I could have such powers of preview of legitimizing and imaginizing and conceptualizing the interface of an app that I'm trying to build without actually having to build the darn thing, but such a thing is impossible. So <gasps> I have a tool for you, Andy. It's called Scala say. Preview. What? <laughs> Andy has a problem and you have a solution. That is amazing. T- tell us more, Yasmin. <laughs> This episode of Material is brought to you by Scala Preview. If you're designing an Android or iOS app, Scala Preview is the quickest way to send pixel-perfect, color-perfect design preview from your Mac to your device. It works with many design tools and can send real-time Canvas updates from Photoshop. Let's you see the design in place, making it far easier to get colors, text size, and other design elements right before writing any code. Scala Preview also features color blindness testing, so you can ensure your design has enough contrast, even those with less than perfect vision can see. As a designer, I can't tell you how great a tool like this is. You get to know, hey, is this the right font size? Or, you know, is this too much of a reach for my user to not be able to tap on it? I need to know there's nothing that can give you that sort of insight until you actually have it in the context of the the phone that you're actually going to be using this app in. And Scala Preview helps you get that. The best part is that they have an Android app. As a designer, one of the one of the things that always like irks me is when I hear this awesome design tool and they're like, oh, for iOS. And I'm thinking, oh, Android users love design too. Yes, Scala Preview is on Android and you can see it. 
Scala Preview is absolutely free to help spread the word about Scala, Django's upcoming user interface design tool. Can I say that I've been waiting for this uh, Scala for a long time, and I'm super excited to see what they come up with because Scala Preview is just a, it's just a little snippet into that view, and it is awesome. We want to thank Scala Preview for sponsoring this episode of Material. Speaking of previewing apps, I did see an interesting thing um, come across my desk the other day is that Google's now experimenting with app streaming. So the concept here is, you know, traditionally if you want a piece of information, whether you're, you know, you're talking to Google or some other way, um, you'll get search results. And then if you want to delve into something like a Yelp or, you know, some other service which, you know, has a native app that goes with it. Generally, the next step is to download the app and you have to sit there and, you know, if it's a 50 mega app, you got to wait for it to download, then you got to open it. And even with, you know, deep linking and all this other stuff they're working on, there's still some friction there. You know, you want a piece of information and between you and that information is is an app that you have to download and a store you have to go through. I thought this was really interesting that um, Google are experimenting with getting rid of that. So the the idea is that the app would essentially be streamed to your phone. So you'd you'd still be getting content from the app, you'd still be getting the experience of the app, but the app would somehow be getting served from, you know, Google Server Farm, which means the initial friction of, you know, I have to go to an app store and I have to download it and I have to launch it. That whole thing is gone, which I have to say as an app developer is both amazingly cool and amazingly scary, like for me. I, I don't know if either of you saw it. Yeah, I was I was looking at that myself. It's uh, it looks like it's integrated also into search, so that if there's content that it's it's sort of a twofold sort of thing, which uh, really got me interested. That uh, not only can it now index search results from inside apps, uh, but some some of that stuff is uh, sort of like uh, buried inside the app itself. Like so, for instance, let's say that you have a catalog of drug interactions. And that is not uh, on the open web. It is material that the developer has put directly into an app uh, app themselves with the permission and with uh, the support, actual active software support of the developer. That content can be made, can be exposed to Google search. And if you're running an Android device and also running this from within the Google search app itself, uh, there is a one link to take you to information, another link to take you to, well, here's this app on the app store, but another link that takes you that simply says stream. And so it'll stream that app directly to your device. So it's not, as you say, it's not downloading a a 50 megabyte uh, uh, app file. Maybe you're on a data plan and that's going to be too expensive or too much trouble. It will actually run a virtualized version of Android on a remote server and the Google search app will essentially be a client receiver for that sort of thing. So it'll, you can tap, you can swipe, you'll get the entire experience without having to get the entire thing. So that's, it, it's, it seems like an easier way to a low cost way in terms of time, trouble and effort to make Android apps more useful to a wider range of people. Yeah. As a UX designer, you want to be able to get your user to the end goal, like in as many or as least steps as possible. And this is a way to bypass all of that. Because if you have, say, like the one of the examples that it has on there is a Hotel Tonight, which is a hotel booking site. And, you know, it has like a, hey, check out Chicago Hotels and Hotel Tonight. And you click on that and then automatically start streaming the app, which is awesome because you can deep link into even the like Chicago 
area for hotel tonight. Like one of the most frustrating things, it's uh, when you're surfing the web and you, they're like, hey, check it, check us out on our app. And you're like, okay, cool. I want to, I want to get the app because I want to get a better experience, but it doesn't open up to the exact page and information that you were looking for. And then now by this time I'm upset and I'm like, now I just kind of wasted my time and I'm probably going to drop whatever I was doing because users are, you know, we don't, we don't like to wait. We are pretty impatient <laughs> <laughs> and we just want the information quickly. And so I, this, this is really neat, um, to kind of, to see how it plays out. And I, it's kind of reminds me of the, the Chrome Google tap to search where you can highlight a word and then it, it shows, it shows up like in a little, it's not a notification, but at the bottom of the Chrome app, there's a, a highlight It gives you some information about the word that you were looking for. And then you can tap on it and it kind of pulls up this like search dialogue that gives you information. And then you can just swipe it down and you're still on that same page. So it doesn't actually take you out of the page that you were in. It just provides additional information from the, the page that you're in. And I think that's key. You're not leaving the desk, the first place that you were at. Um, so I, yeah. I think this is really neat. Yeah, it's 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 doubly interesting. Maybe a better example is uh, the one I came up with was like let's say that you're uh, you, you uh, I use Zipcars a lot, and let's say that I'm not I'm uh, I just have a need for a car right now. I don't ha I don't I'm not even a member of Zipcar yet. Uh, Zipcar, the service and the app knows that well. There we can rent you a car that you're you're now only two in you're in downtown Boston. You are only one block away from two different cars that we can let you have for $29 uh, for, for uh, like $10 for the, for the next two hours, if that's what you need. And so not only it's, it's, it's that's the, that's the, the buy the, the bicameral version of uh, this cool stuff where it can, it can surface that information that if I do like rent, if I search for rental cars in Boston, instead of just returning agencies that will rent me a car, Zipcar can then provide, well, there are two cars within, uh, within a t five minute walk of where you are and then tap a button and will actually serve the Zipcar app to me and I could sign up and I could get things going without, it's just such a, a as we say, a frictionless sort of thing. I guess and I, I'm certain that there's another upside to, uh, for Google and that anything that keeps people using the Google search app directly and keeps us, keeps us at the, in the casino playing, uh, the house always wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think the other interesting thing is that when we moved into the app world, you know, circa 2008, when apps started to become a big thing, it felt like we'd, just before that point, we'd finally got past all the silos that we had before. You know, the web was reasonably open. You know, everything was on the web. You could get to different things. All you needed was a web browser and you could go anywhere. And suddenly we went back to having silos information. So all your reviews were in this app and all your navigation was in this app and all your music playing was in this app. And it it did feel like we'd, in some respects, gone backwards. And I I think it's it's positive to see anything go back the other way. Like I'm I'm not sure how I feel about app streaming and how well it's going to work in practice. But anything that breaks all that content, you know, back out of those silos that it lives in and brings it to me, you know, one convenient place, I, I think that's a good thing. How does that help them? How does that help or hurt the marketplace? Do you think if people are downloading fewer apps, and particularly if let's say let's say that there is a someone has a really good uh, like Photos app uh, that's quite good, quite successful. But a uh, but a, a, a well funded, well invested company now has the ability to uh, stream uh, a app. So instead of having instead of a Google search term trying to convince somebody to download and then pay for this new new service, 
uh, a company that has deeper pockets and better resources can now stream that to the user so that they get that function they're looking for immediately. Uh, do you think that that'll help or hurt uh, independent developers? Yeah, that, that's a tough one because if you think about it, this is this is really tailored to apps that, that have to be free in their nature. Like you can't put yeah. up a, a paywall between a search result and, and the content that comes back, that's that's not going to work. I'm sure Google's not even going to allow that and rightly so. So if you're an independent app developer and your entire business model, you know, is, is like mine, we we sell paid apps, you know, it's, it's a once-off cost and that's it. That is no longer an option. And so now you have to decide, like, do we want to just be left out of this? Do we want to somehow create like another version of our app that integrates um, with this? And then you're right, if another big company comes along that sees this as a huge um, thing that they can take advantage of. It, it is there is a potential there for independent developers just to be leapfrogged over. But it's I don't think it's necessarily just by giant companies. I think whenever an upheaval like this comes along, and if this proves to be you know one of those defining moments where things change, whoever gets on board and can kind of read the the lay of the land the best, I think often ends up you know doing better than everyone else. So we we had that in the podcasting space. You know, there was a lot of other apps that were bigger than ours um, at a particular point. We jumped in. A transition in the iOS, you know, when I went from iOS 6 to iOS 7, we got there on day one with an iOS 7 app and we managed to leapfrog a whole bunch of competition just, just because we got there on, on day one. And this this could end up the same thing and people like me could be left behind. <laughs> well, I think like this type of uh, the app streaming works best for situations where the app is helping you like either purchase something or like rent a hotel room or rent a car where it's actually going to sell something for you. So like the app is not the actual thing that they're selling. Um, but one idea for say a podcast app could be like on like Pocket Cast has the web player where you can actually play the episode. And so you can still play the episode that it links to. But hey, if you want this information to be synced across different platforms and want us to keep you up to date of like all the podcasts that you're listening to, why don't you download our Pocket Cast app? So I, I think there's some some things that can be done in there to even almost give them a little taste to that the incentive to buy the app. Yeah, and I mean the other thing to point out is it's still very much experimental. Like this is there's, there's only a few apps that are, are taking part in this. Like whether it becomes a big program or not is you know remains to be seen. I, I don't think I've read anything from Google um, on the developer side of things that said, hey, this is something that's upcoming and you should prepare prepare for. This still feels like a very you know trial type thing. Well, before we go, uh, we do want to, if those of uh, you listening in the United States of America, uh, the land of the whatever and the home of the other thing, uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> week is this week. Uh, we're also having, of course, the big, aren't we proud of ourselves to be spending so much money on the day after <laughs> Thanksgiving? And then because we haven't spent enough money on things that we think other people want, but they probably are going to be slightly resentful that you've stuck them with this thing a uh, cyber monday as well uh, yes black friday uh for, uh, first a correction last week we're talking about we're, uh, we were uh, yasmin and i were trying to explain the black friday uh, phenomenon uh, in our deep 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 american cultural shame of again a whole holiday based on consumerism uh and we speculate oh, i speculated that I, I i said that it was called black friday because it was like the worst day of the entire year now that i got from friends of mine who were working retail slightly longer than i was working retail <laughs> that is how they defined it uh, a listener was nice enough to correct us that it is officially called black friday because that it, it, within the uh, I, actually this this is a very proud moment I define it based on how the working class, the honest, rough-handed working <laughs> class, def choose to yes, define that, it. That, that's how the but guy the, with two iPad Pros defines it. 
Exactly. <laughs> I and I work. I, I. I. It's like like Moses coming down from the mountain with those two tablets, as we said last week. Okay, <laughs> Moses was a working man. He walked across the desert to save to save those people. He didn't like just or he didn't just like middle manage people to do that for him, did he? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't like Amazon Prime those tablets. He he. You know how you know, you know how hot yeah. a burning bush is. Also, long woolen robes. Okay. Flammable as all heck, already pretty hot. So I don't think that I, I don't. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't want to. You know, turn this into another rat hole. But Russell, man, I'm not going to sit here and 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 let you just you know throw shade on Moses of all people. <laughs> Well, of all it, people, Russell. As long as you smash the tablets after the show, Andy, then the the historical recreation will, will be complete. But I don't think you've told us. What, I'll meet you. What it I'll, means I'll, meet you I'll meet you halfway. I'll will smash the tablet that is the Apple loaner. I will not smash the one that I paid for. <laughs> I think I, I think that's fair. Okay, but uh, yes, the 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 ruling classes of American the American merchant uh, merchant industry uh, calls it Black Friday because that is the weekend that puts uh, the puts the store in the black because of all the transactions that they do on that day, uh, and so because we are. Uh, as you know, we, we we take advertisements. We are the friend of both the working classes and the ruling classes that uh, that pay for ads. Uh, there's a, so, so a couple of uh, inter- a couple of pretty good uh, Black Friday weekend sales happening. Uh, if you're interested in uh, picking up uh, some uh, extra Android doodads, Motorola uh, is offering really deep discounts on last year's hardware. Underscore last year's hardware. Uh, the you can get the last year's Moto X. Uh, for twenty five, the sixty four gigabyte version is twenty five percent off at uh, normally four hundred bucks. It's down to three hundred bucks uh, on Monday, not before, but on Monday. Uh, the camera is not that, it's better than the first one, not that great still, but uh, it has all those really good Mo- uh, Motorola Sense stuff, really good CPU, really good screen, everything you want except for the greatest camera in the world and three hundred bucks. That's a pretty good deal. Uh, last year's uh, Moto three sixty watch. Is that's the larger one is going to be a hundred and fifty dollars again on Monday uh, down from I think the list price is three hundred it was discounted before uh, down to close to that but one hundred fifty bucks for uh, a really good Android Wear watch like that is uh, is certainly worth your attention the star prize I think is the Moto G last year's version certainly uh, but that's ninety nine dollars. Uh, for forty percent off, normally one hundred and eighty dollars, or excuse me, the, or the original list was one hundred and eighty bucks. And even if you're just getting it, just as uh, a, a, just a just as a PDA, as the old folks would say, just as a a, a music player and a face Wi-Fi Facebook thing that could also take a SIM card, uh, I, that's a pretty darn good deal. Just just as a hundred dollar music player, uh, I think that uh, it's even worth gifting on that basis. If if you don't have someone who uh, who has a phone account already, uh, and same same, uh, we were singling out Motorola because uh, these they're they're really good discounts. Uh, Samsung is also offering uh, discounts on pretty much the entire line. If you will, we'll have the link to uh, both of these sales in the show notes. Uh, but they include cell phones uh, with all the way to the uh, all, all the way to the uh, current handsets, uh, uh, some of their wearables, uh, and some of their tablets as well. So take a look at that. Uh, the, the, my, my big recommendation for all these electronics, uh, Black Friday sales though, uh, is to go to the wire cutter, uh, the wire cutter site because they are doing, there are a lot of sites that are doing, uh, that, that are doing like roundup guides to Black Friday sales. I think that the wire cutter and go to the wire 
has the best combination because not only are they being really, really thorough about about finding uh, uh, weekend offers, but they're also the best single trusted review site that I know of. Uh, and so they're not just going to simply tell you that, oh, well, if you go down to Best Buy, uh, they've got a $73 uh, 80-inch HDTV made by some sort of South American company that used to be a Norwegian company before they were bought by Polaroid, but they're putting a Radio Shack sticker on, you know, these terrible, terrible pieces of hardware. Wirecutter will also tell you whether or not these deals are actually good deals on good hardware. Uh, so uh, even if you're not getting the, your links to good deals through the Wirecutter, it's good idea to hop on the Wirecutter just to see if you're about to buy uh, if you're about to buy a a, a, a a speaker bar for your HDTV or TV or anything like that, good idea to at least go to the wire cutter to see what they think about that product category in general, and that will make let you uh, not uh, not lose money by saving money if that makes any sense. And Google is also doing a really special thing with that. With every purchase of and using Android Pay starting today and lasting through December 31st, Google will donate one dollar up to one million dollars to special needs education projects. And since it's Thanksgiving, Google will double that amount of donations for every Android Pay purchase on Black Friday. So as you're out there doing your shopping, uh, remember to use Android Pay if possible. They will be donating that money to special needs um, education projects, which are projects that really could benefit and use uh, that money. So we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you have an awesome uh, thanks and happy Thanksgiving if you're in America. And if not, we hope you have a great day and rest of your week. Russell, where can uh, people find you? Uh, people can find me in the land of non-Thanksgiving, Australia, mate, uh, and Rusty Shelf on Twitter as well. And Andy, where can people find you? Uh, best place is uh, anotgo.com, if you can spell my last name, uh, or on Twitter at, at anotgo. Uh, and that's uh, where I have links to pretty much all the stuff that I'm doing. And you can find me eating some ham pie and drinking some liquor on at Yasmin Evian. <laughs> And you can follow us at, at Material Podcast on Twitter and send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web. The web. You can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, don't forget to use Android Pay. It goes to a good cause. Stay in material. Scala preview is a blah, 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 blah. Okay. Cool. I don't think our advertiser is getting quality for the, for the ad placement there. <laughs> They're paying us for this? <laughs> that I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. That, that was terrible. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. How about, how about this? Well, it's...